If you wonder about the birds and the bees, just tune in to some Frank and Beans. Welcome to Frank and Beans, everyone. Frank and Beans, the sex and relationship podcast. (laughs) Where I am Beth. And I'm Brian. And yeah, we are two best friends who are here to dissect all of your sex and relationship queries, problems, issues, concerns, victories, all that jazz. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Today, I guess, would be one of the issues and concerns, I guess, in a relationship. Yeah, probably the biggest concern. Yeah, it is part three of our series on cheater, cheater, pumpkin eaters. Mm -hmm. I guess the pumpkin eaters is still appropriate because it's November. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, it's better than doing this in July. Right, right. Although, yeah, we did discuss before that it's weird that we are 50-some-odd episodes into this and we're just now getting to this topic. (laughs) Yeah, it should have been top 10 at least, first 10. Yeah. Well, you know, our first 10, we were still working out kinks and whatnot. That's true. Kinks Mm -hmm. is another one we haven't talked about either. Hey, Hey look at that. (laughs) hey So another one we want to talk about, I will just say before um, we really get started in on this one, is um, Brian and I have an idea where we want to do Beth and Brian Tell Your Secrets. Mm -hmm. And you, the listener, uh, can remain completely anonymous, but we want to read your hilarious secrets about sex and relationships on the air and then make jokes about how hilarious (laughs) and funny they are because we all have secrets. Yeah. Brian and I have some of our own. <laughs> sure. We'll throw them in there. And uh, we already have some really good submissions for this, by the way. Do you have so, some examples just for the... I don't want to do any... I don't want to give any away now. <coughs> okay, that's fair. But I can say that we have at least four right now. Okay. So, so what I'm saying is, is that if you would like us, or if we can talk about your secret without identifying you on the show please email us at fnbpodcast at gmail.com that is the letters f frank what do we say frank navarro bravo or something yeah yeah that's close enough i think it's what uh, was the end one uh foxtrot november bravo foxtrot november bravo podcast at gmail.com so <laughs> and also if you have any of your own episode ideas Please share them with us. Yeah, we're, we're we need stuff, stuff and yeah, things. We, we run out of ideas sometimes. So, hey, this is um, actually going to be the first week where we've done back to back weeks. We're going back to weekly. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Check us out. Right, we uh, we wanted to give you more of ourselves, and yeah. now I actually have the time to do that because <laughs> there was a demand, and now we have the supply. That is right. Yeah, it was a little hectic at work over the summer, but now we're starting to, to chill out. So, um, But anyway, so yeah, so parts one and two were what, Bri? So part one, we talked about why people cheat. Part two, we talked about uh, the signs, the subtle signs of a cheater. Yeah, so how do you find out if you suspect that your partner is cheating... What are some of the signs? Yeah. We also debunked a few of those, too, because it was a little bit like, 
I think somebody was smoking too much weed when they <laughs> wrote that article. They were, yeah, they, they were, were spreading paranoia. Like, if you're, <laughs> <laughs> if your spouse sneezes and you don't say bless you, they're cheating on you. Right. It was a little extreme. So, uh, yeah. So definitely listen to that episode. But today... To wrap up all of this cheating nonsense, we are going to talk about how you survive infidelity in your relationship. Yeah, if you, I mean, I was thinking about this today, like, if somebody cheated on me that I was dating for three months, the way that I survive is to get rid of that person. Oh, for sure. And for me, and you know, this is not to say you have to forgive anybody by any stretch of the imagination, like... You know, I've talked about this on the show, like the one time that I've been cheated on that I know about in a very serious relationship, I could not forgive that person. Like I knew that for the rest of my life, I would feel the need to look through their phone. I would always be paranoid and Mm -hmm. I just can't live my life that way. It's not worth it. No, I mean, for me, it's not, you know, like it's... uh, you know, the older I get, the less tolerance I have for bullshit. <laughs> and um, I just, you know, a relationship is only supposed to make your life better. And, you know, of course, you're always going to have to have a certain degree of compromise. But, you know, you also have to manage what compromise you're willing to live with. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, for me, yeah, I just can't. I think this article is probably going to be geared towards um, people that are married. Sure. People that it's not easy to just, hey, I'm done. Goodbye. Never talk to me again. Sometimes that's not possible. Domestic partnerships where you're living together, that kind of thing. Yeah, you've got kids. It's not not so easy to just walk away. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, like if you listen to the first couple of episodes, you'll definitely get that because a lot of the reasons people do this – when they're in a more serious relationship like that are definitely more deeper rooted and possibly easily forgivable things. Now, when you're not in as serious of a relationship, like sometimes it's just that they're a piece of shit cheating asshole. Right. And in those kind of cases, like just bye, bitch, you know? Yeah. It's called plenty of fish for a reason. (laughs) There are plenty of them in that sea. Indeed. I mean, not so many valuable ones in That's North Carolina, as it turns <laughs> well, out. <laughs> I think it's pretty universal. I, I think, you know, it doesn't, even in Arkansas, POF probably wasn't the best. Um, in Kansas mm-hmm. City, no, not the best. Um, I think the entire year I lived in Arkansas, I went on exactly two dates from a dating website. Yeah. <laughs> But I was also kind of like on a dating hiatus because I needed to be just after like a lot of after that cheating relationship, I just kind of needed like an emotional break for a year. So, yeah, that's fair. And, you know, everybody reacts differently and everybody uh, grieves differently. And I think after I got cheated, I got right back on the on the horse. So, yeah, you know, it's I, I, I think that's kind of how most men deal with that situation. Sure. Yeah. Get, yeah. get to the next pussy. <laughs> well, because I was just going to say, like, you did say, Brian, like, that was your last, like, serious relationship. So yeah. it's not like you've jumped right back at, you know, well, you've no. jumped back in the pussy, but not on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. And I just wanted to jump back on a horse dick. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was the only reason I really, you know, went out with anyone in Arkansas because I was, like, desperately needing to have sex. But. But, yeah, 
the times they are changing. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess in that sense, North Carolina is better. There's a, a little bit slightly higher quality stock of horse sticks around here. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> But anyway, okay, so let's say that you have decided that you want to try to stick it out in this relationship. And, um, well, first, we have an article to share with you from Reader's Digest. So, because, you know, we're adults. Right. I mean, we read we read classy magazines like Reader's Digest. <laughs> I remember when I was little, my mom always used to read Reader's Digest. <laughs> And I was like, who the fuck would read this boring-ass shit? Like, I never understood it. Like, it, It's just like uh, the first chapter of a book. Is that all it was? Or just short, short stories or what? No, it was like, I mean, sometimes it had articles, but it was a lot of like short stories. And I remember that they had like a section about jokes. Okay. But we're talking back in the days of like when, before the internet, <laughs> like where you would just be searching something and a Reader's Digest article would come up. Like this would be like the thick booklet came in the mail once a month. And like, so you had some bathroom reading essentially. Gotcha. So, but be- anyway. Before cell phones. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so on readersdigest.com, they uh, brought us 15 powerful steps for surviving infidelity in your relationship. Interesting. And I think it's kind of cool because they, the first portion of this article is uh, actually devoted to the unfaithful partner. Yeah. The motherfucker. So right. <laughs> so let's say you're a cheating motherfucker. <laughs> this first part is for you. <laughs> Follow these steps. Follow these steps. Keep your dick in your pants. Number one. <laughs> No, we'll say that's 0.5. No. <laughs> I mean, but that's pretty fair. I mean, yeah, for sure. But, it's it's um, pretty close to number one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so number one is promise to stop the affair and to stop seeing your lover immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay, so agree to sever all contacts. And I mean all contacts, like no more Facebook friends, delete their number, share with them that they are not allowed to contact you anymore. Right. You know, I think that's an important part of it. Cause a lot of times it's like, Oh, well, I can't hope that they're just still texting or calling me. No, no. if you're serious and you really want to maintain your relationship, block that bitch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it says this lifts secrecy and creates a sense of safety for the betrayed spouse. Stopping an affair and surviving infidelity goes beyond no dinner dates or sex. Like all phone calls, in-person conversations, quick coffee breaks, whatever, have to stop. Yeah. If you work with the person with whom you had an affair, keep your encounters strictly business-like and tell your spouse everything that happens. Boom. That's very key, I think. Yeah. I think um, so. Yeah. Because if they're not high, you know, if you have nothing to hide, let them know because they need to hear that, you mm-hmm. know. Avoid private lunch dates and closed-door meetings. Uh, It's also important to report any chance meetings with your former lover to your spouse before he or she asks about it. That's a good one. I also, that is a very good one. Like, let's say you both go to the same bar regularly or, you know, whatever, like the company Christmas party or whatever, you know, that, that might entail, like have that conversation on the forefront and then they are not going to be gobsmacked when they have to accidentally see this person and act like everything's okay, you know? Right. Yeah. So this will help to rebuild trust in the relationship. That's a good one. Yeah. 
Number two. Number two. I was just going to say, what's two, Brian? (laughs) Oh, what's that you say? Number two, answer any (laughs) and all questions. This is a good one. And this is Mm -hmm. probably why that relationship that I keep talking about um, Mm -hmm. didn't survive because she didn't want to answer any questions. And I would add to this, answer any and all questions honestly. Yes. Yep. Honestly. Honestly. Okay. The article says, more marriage experts agree that couples heal better after an affair if the adulterous spouse supplies all of the information requested by his or her betrayed partner. In one study. Yeah. Boom. In one study of 1,083 people. That's a weird number. Who's, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. It's also an odd number. Did you realize that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. 1,083 betrayed husbands and wives. Those whose spouses were the most honest felt better emotionally and reconciled more completely. That's very important. Let me skip Oh, ahead. yeah. Yeah. We skip ahead a little well, bit. Go ahead. I mean, because if you don't like, I mean, if you don't know all the information, you're always going to be wondering, you know, it's like I said, with like, I would always worry about text, like looking through his phone or, you know, being worried about where they were. Like, you know, if I don't have all the information, yeah. uh, my my imagination is going to wander. Yeah. You know. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, every time their phone goes off and they, you know, kind of pick it up mm. and put it back down. Mm. Yeah. You're going to be wondering. Yep. Let's see. It says you need to reach a point where you can talk about it without pain. If you never, ever discuss it, you cannot recover. My own husband had 12 affairs over seven years. God damn. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Goodness. Over seven years, that's oh. more than one a year. Yeah. That's almost two a year. Oh, my gosh. I'm convinced the main reason I recovered, she recovered. Uh, right. <laughs> Bitch, are it, you sure you recovered? <laughs> right. Was his willingness to answer all of my questions 12 times? Okay. Come on now. That's a lot of information. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's counterintuitive. Many spouses and therapists think that going over the details will only further upset the aggrieved partner. Truth is, willingness to talk rebuilds trust. Hey, the yeah. key. Um, not holding back, no more secrets. If you leave out details that emerge later, your spouse may feel newly betrayed. Yikes. Okay, and this is, again, like your whole example, if you want to kind of like dissect that again, you know, if anybody hasn't listened to the previous episodes, like, you know, in your situation, like, she just refused to answer the questions, like, that any you of had. the questions. Yeah, any of the questions. I mean, just as simple as, like, so on this night... When your phone died and you couldn't charge it for six more hours, what were you doing? Right. And she's like, when are we just going to drop this? Yeah. And I it's just like, want to mm. drop it. No, that never works. No, you don't get to do that. Mm-mm. You dropped it like it was hot all over his penis. And now you need to tell the <laughs> truth, bitch. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now right. You had the chance to make me look stupid. Now it's your chance to fucking... Show a little bit of humility and answer a damn question. Yeah. And I will say, like, you know, my situation, like, 
He was never, like, he wanted to talk about it. Like, he was very overly willing to talk about it because he wanted me to forgive him, which I couldn't. Right. But, like, the fact of the matter is, is that he was never willing to answer any of these questions with a 100% degree of truth. Yeah. Until much later on. Like, much later on when we finally, like, salvaged our friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, it. then it became, like... Okay, well, yeah, like, I can see how you would feel that way because I did this and that and was like, I mean, there's still things that he says, like, I never physically, like, touched anyone. Well, okay, but at least now you are willing to admit that, like, emotional cheating is cheating. Yes. Okay, fine. Like, you know, where at the beginning it was like the whole definition of cheating was like the issue and, you know, after the point where I was like, I don't care, I'm never going to get back together with you. Yeah. You know, time went on and then finally we became friends again. Then it became, okay, yeah, like the a, a little more of the truth came out, which is how we were able to salvage that friendship. So, you know, that was, and that was very key is, you know, his willingness to always talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that would have helped my situation um, so much more than just, um, just refusing to talk about it. Honestly saying, yeah. like, I'm not going to talk about it. You need to move on. That doesn't solve anything. No. That means you're probably going to do it again, girl. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know. Yeah, it's like you said, you know, it's like they're not, like she wasn't having any respect for your needs in that situation, which is a key sign that she's not going to have any give a damn for your needs moving forward either. Nope. You know, she doesn't care if you're going to get over it. She wants it to be over and done with. Yeah. So it was a blessing in disguise, Brian. Absolutely. See? Okay. Number three, show your spouse empathy no matter what. And empathy is, you know, more than just sympathy. It's like, I feel, I understand your feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay. So the single best indicator of whether a relationship can survive infidelity is how much empathy the unfaithful partner shows when the betrayed spouse gets emotional about the pain caused by the affair, according to infidelity experts. I would agree with that, too, because, like, you know, in my situation, like, he he never disregarded the pain that I was going through. But he always wanted to make it about him going through pain, too. Right. You know, like, oh, well, you know, I get that you're upset with me, and I understand that and acknowledge that. However, I was going through pain, too, because I felt ignored, and you were always at work, and you weren't understanding my needs as a partner. Yeah. You know, which, again, I recognize that, too, as a problem later on. But at the same time, that's not an excuse. Like, like if that would have been something that we would have, like, talked about in counseling beforehand. Sure. Then it would have been a time that we could have done something about that. Yeah, or if he would have expressed this need beforehand. Exactly. You probably could have done something about it to where, like, okay, I promise you that on Thursdays I will leave at 5 o'clock. And we will have a date night, something. Right. Or I'll take a break before I go back to work or whatever. Like, yeah, there's just like, you know, and I'm going to say the C word. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The communication was just so lacking and with what we were both feeling. And that's why it's important to a talk about these things, but then also acknowledge and understand, like they're saying here, 
what the other person is going through. Yeah. And I would say, too, that as the person being cheated on, it's probably in your best interest to also try to see things from their point of view and understand the root reason of why they did it. I mean, Because, th- A, understanding that is going to help you make the decision whether or not it's worth it to continue to pursue this relationship. That's a good point. And, B, it's also going to help them. You know, like with him, he's the kind of person that could just not feel like he was the only one at fault. Yeah. Like he was a narcissist, you know, like he never wanted to be. It took a lot for him to admit that he was wrong. Mm -hmm. So if I until I gave a little bit and said, yeah, you know what? I wasn't giving you what you needed as a partner. That's like that was the major breakthrough for us. And like, okay, like this is all over and done with now is us both understanding one another and that we both weren't meeting each other's needs. Makes sense, yeah. And, you know, if, they, if their response is, well, I cheated because I was drunk. Mm, Mm-mm, no. No, yeah, because you're going to be drunk again. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because if you're trying to go sober, we ain't going to be together no more. I got news for you. <laughs> that's true. That Isn't is it true. funny? Like, okay, I don't know if you do this, Brian, not to sidetrack, but that's what we do here. Yeah. Like, are you ever, like, on, like, tinder or whatever and you're swiping through people and they're like i'm sober and you're like nope nope (laughs) yeah uh what are we gonna do what are we gonna talk about like right like what do we even do like go out for ice cream or some weird shit (laughs) i don't know go to how am i supposed to relax when i'm drinking and you're not that's just fucking weird right it is weird um i went sober for a little while and it was what are sober people when (laughs) when There was a time. When? There was a time. There was and like seven hours one time. <laughs> it was probably when I was 17. But um, right. It, yeah, it's like, what do sober people do? I don't know. I literally don't know. No. And I feel bad because I'm like, am I a piece of shit? Because I'm swiping on this person left. Because yep. surely, you know, and I've even tried to go out there and be like, okay, what is it that you think we're going to do together? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I know how to have fun. And I'm like, I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> I think your version of fun and my different version of fun are two very different things. Right. We can go to the petting zoo. No. No? Not unless we're drinking. <laughs> drinking for first, period. I'm, yeah. If I'm going to the petting zoo, we're getting drunk first, okay? Right. <laughs> Not drunk, just buzz. That's fine. Mm. Yeah, I, no, I, we're big pieces of shit, so of course we swipe left on those people. Right. Yeah. Have fun. And save being. them for the other sobers. Yeah. Although have, we, although we know shitty sober people too. That's true. Have fun. Wait, being, finger, finger quotes. <laughs> sober people. Yeah. Have fun being sober and single, loser. Right. <laughs> like what? Like seriously, you're single and you're sober. Like how have you not just ended your life by now? <laughs> Oh, my God. We have to stop. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We love yes, you if you're sober. We love you if you're sober. You're probably not the person for us, though. But, you know, e- email us at fnbpodcast at gmail.com to tell us what you do on a date without drinking. Sober dating. Sober That's dating. a topic right there. I would love to know. What, we got to get a guest on. Yeah. Sewing okay. circles or what? What? Uh, we have to stop. We're making fun of Literally, people. I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to make it an episode. So yeah. we're dating. All right. <laughs> we'll have to consult an expert though, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and not make fun of them. Right. That's gonna be okay. so hard. Anyway. Yeah. N- number four. Uh, keep talking and listening, no matter how long it takes. 
Though all couples should improve and strengthen their listening skills, it's especially important in any situation or in a situation of infidelity. Uh, you can't speed up your spouse's healing process and you shouldn't ever negate its significance. Be ready to answer questions at any time, even months or years after the affair has ended, and listen to his or her reactions without anger or blame. This is key for surviving infidelity. I think this is like the takeaway here is humble yourself. <coughs> yeah. And know that they're going to forgive you, but they ain't going to forget it. True, true. Yeah, you, you'll never get over that. I, I don't think that anybody, I mean, you can kind of look past it and say, okay, this guy was a knucklehead. But this lady who wrote the article, 17 affair, affairs in six. 12 and seven. 12 and seven years. Fuck that, dude. Like, you need to castrate right. that motherfucker. Like, I don't care how long he wants to talk about it. Right. He doesn't give a fuck at this point. Like, Gee, my knees. Yikes. That Yikes. is insane to me. Yeah. I can't I, even forgive once. No. 12, 12. That's how I end up on ID Discovery, okay? <laughs> I will cut <laughs> your dick off. Okay? Right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, so anyway, she's more irrational than we are, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number five, and this is huge, and this is kind of a, you know, again, this is sort of piggybacking off that one. Like, keep listening, but take responsibility. I repeat, take responsibility. And I think, I mean, you were you were kind of going, I didn't want to jump ahead when you were um, doing yeah. the third one. Um, but yeah, this, this um, and maybe this works for both people. We'll see. Maybe it'll get there. But I think, yeah, taking responsibility and not saying, I did this because you did this. Or I did right. this. Right. You did this right. because, like, nobody forced you to cheat. Absolutely. And again, you know, like, okay, like I said this before, where we got to a point eventually where I was able to say, to an extent, I understand where you were coming from, because I knew going into that relationship, that you have an excessive need for attention. And I can understand that I failed you as a partner in that way. Yeah. However, however, that does not mean that what you did was okay or acceptable or an excuse by any stretch of the imagination. Right. That is just admitting that we both could have done better. Mm -hmm. It does not, like, me saying I also could have done better does not excuse or forgive or anything of what you did. That's just fair. as my, yeah. just as, you know, like, just as yours. Mine is not an excuse for yours no more than yours is an excuse for mine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so anyway, um, but taking responsibility, blaming your partner for the affair won't heal your relationship. Showing sincere regret and remorse will. Absolutely. Apologize often and vow to never commit the offense again. It may seem obvious to you that you'll never stray again, but your spouse may have worries. So renew your commitment to your spouse as your one and only. And yes, like, again, like, admit that you did wrong. That is the number one thing. You know, they will come around. You know, yeah. I am a stubborn son of a bitch. And I came around and eventually, because he did do all of these things, eventually I came around and said I could have been a better partner too. 
you sure. know. And they will come around to that point if you follow these steps. Like, this is one article that I think that we may actually not debunk at any point. So far, it's doing pretty good. And I want to say, yeah. you know, the the biggest takeaway of this, uh, to take responsibility, <clears throat> excuse me, is take responsibility. Even if somebody cheats on you and then you go out and cheat on them, you still have to take responsibility. Like, nobody, right. right. Just because you didn't give somebody attention doesn't equal, well, you get to go cheat on me. Right. Like, there's no reason for doing what you did other than your selfishness. Absolutely. You know? And so at the end of the day, you have to just admit, I did something wrong and it was selfish of me to do that either we're going to work on it or we're not, you know, but like until you're willing to admit that and do that. And that was the hugest problem with your situation, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why you, you know, I would assume still don't talk to her to this day is because, you know, like until some, you know, someone like that is just a piece of shit, you know, like someone in my situation, like, I mean, yeah, what he did was shitty, but he's not a piece of shit person. Like, he's just, you know, a narcissist and has a lot of problems that he needs to work out on his own, you know, until before he's ever going to be in a successful relationship. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway. Good one. What's number six? Number six. Don't expect quick or easy forgiveness. For real. For sure. Um, Your partner may be in deep pain or shock. Expect tears, rage, and anger. That fucking easy. Yep, there's no timeline on that. No. You don't get to a year later say, why are we still talking about this? The reason we're still talking about it is because you stick your dick in somebody else. Right. That's why. And it's not right, and it's not okay, and you never get to be mad if they bring it up ever, ever, ever again if you want to stay with this person. Makes sense, yeah. Now, do they ever get to use it as an excuse for anything they do? No. Mm -mm. But... If a year later she's drunk and she gets upset because she's thinking about it for some reason, sure, you don't get to be like, oh, my God, Karen, why aren't you over it? You know, <laughs> like, no, you have to be like, yep, that was shitty. I love you so much. You know, like, right. Whatever. You know, well, like, everybody you have to- Karen's. I don't know. I actually know a really great Karen. Karen yeah. Kopey, shout out. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah. I mean, it's just like the generic white girl name, I guess. Fair. So. Well, that was the... um, Oh, the tips. If you're a cheating asshole. Yeah, that was the tips for the (laughs) cheating assholes. Um, Beth, you want to kick us off with the what should the betrayed spouses do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And number one is going to be... Ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Ooh, where did where did we hear that before? Right. <laughs> Answer a lot of questions. Okay. At first, you may want all the factual details. How often did you meet? When did you cross the line from friends to lovers? What sexual acts did you share? How many times? Where? These are things I do not want to know, by the way. No, no. <laughs> Like, this is like, again, how I go from, like, angry to homicidal, if I know any of this information. <laughs> Okay, but you might if you're not me. Okay, (laughs) you're not, so good for you. Uh, (laughs) How much money did you spend on him or her? Oh, that's where I lose my mind. That is where I would officially (laughs) lose my shit. Okay, uh, who else knows about your affair? That's a good one. That's a good one because that is going to implicate other people. 
Later, your questions may shift as you think about your partner's emotions, about the reasons he or she was pushed and pulled into the affair, about whether the affair has turned a spotlight on a hidden weakness in your own marriage. Hey, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Yep. Again, like at first, the questions are going to be real shitty. Yeah. And if you're the person that did it, you got to be ready to answer those questions. And if you are the person who is the victim, you got to be ready to hear the answer. Absolutely. Without losing your goddamn mind. Yeah. And so. I, you know, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't want to know a lot of information. You no. know, I want to know maybe what caused it, why you thought you could do this or get away with it or things like that. But I, don't yeah, I wouldn't know, ask like, any of these precursor questions. Right. Like, how much bigger was his dick than mine? Oh, you would. I was just going to say you would think that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to know the answer to that. <laughs> like, what sexual acts did you share? Who's asking nope. that? No, no, no. I do not want to know. Nope. Did you put it in her butt? Oh. I don't want to know. Okay. Yeah. Don't want to know. In fact, I think it would just cause me more rage to know any of these things. How often did you meet? Then that opens the door for so much other shit. Like, oh, you met this many times a week. So when you told me you were doing this, you were really doing that. So you lied about this and you lied about that. And then the trust like would just get worse, I think. Oh, for sure. I'm trying to think of where like knowing that information would be a good thing. You know? So let's 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 change this too, because we're changing a lot of these. Ask lots of the right types of questions. That's fair. If Um, you are at this point and you have decided that you are going to forgive this person and you want to move on in a healthy way, ask lots of the right types of questions. Again, do not ask, you know, what sexual acts did you share? How many times? Where? How much money? Don't ask those things. I would say... I would say you don't, don't ask those. I would say don't ask those unless you think that it's going to be helpful or it's going to be, be that's going to be part of your healing process is to know that information. I don't want to know that shit. I think these are the questions that you ask when you're deciding whether or not you're going to still give this another shot. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you really need to know those the answers to those questions, it should be before you've ever said, okay, I'm going to give this another go. Because the other side of this is that, yes, that person needs to be humble, but so do you to a certain extent. You know what I mean? If you've decided that you're going to try to look past this and move forward, you can't be all shitty about it. You know what I mean? Like you have to be like, okay, I'm going to try to work through this in a healthy way. So yeah, you know what? Ask the reasons of why he or she felt like they needed to do this, you know? Yeah. That's something that you can work on. That's an answer to something that will help this move forward. Sure. Answering answering what sexual acts you share does not help this move forward in any way, shape, or form. No, because what if, like, what if your spouse or partner um, stopped going down on you and now all of a sudden one of the sexual acts that they've done with their affair is going down on them? Or like you think, you know, like it's going to be all you can think about. Like, oh, did you go down on her? Then every time he goes down on you, you're going to think about that, you know? Yeah. Don't plant those seeds in your own brain. Just or every time, if you're, every if time you're they don't move, go down on you, you're going to be thinking, well, you went down on that person. Oh, right. You know? Hey, wait a minute. Right. Oh, you put it in her butt and then I sucked on your dick? 
wait a minute. Oh, no. You don't want yeah. the answer. Yeah, you don't want the answer to these See, questions. Don't answer the unhealthy ones. Only ask the healthy questions. I like it. <clears throat> and then, and again, like it says, it, it will turn a spotlight on the hidden weaknesses of the relationship. Yep. And that's what you were there saying you in, in, in your um, mm-hmm. in your example was, yeah, when you were able to talk about it and ask questions and, yep, you can kind of find out why this happened and maybe, yeah. not that you're at fault, but where... Right. Yeah, the uh, like when he when he was like, oh, but you know, I didn't actually blah blah blah. And I was like, la 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 la. I don't care. <laughs> right. I was like, let's identify why you did this. Let's identify what could have led to it, and that is what's going to help us move forward from this. Whether it's a friendship, because a friendship is a relationship too. Okay, you know, right. and this could same could be said for if you just even want to remain friends with this person. You know, what are the questions that are going to like help that move forward and not just make you even more crazy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Number two, uh, balance your rage with your need for information. I think we were just kind of talking about this. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to scream, cry and lash out, but big emotions may prevent your spouse from making the full disclosure that leads to recovery and surviving infidelity. I think totally. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good one right there. Um, now it's more important than ever that you improve communication with your partner. To get the truth, be compassionate about your partner's emotions. That would be hard for me, <clears throat> for sure. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think I think the takeaway there is like, again, like if you're just getting angry sure. and yelling and saying negative shit and asking crazy questions, they're going to be less likely to do what they need to do in those first six things. They're going to be less likely to answer questions, honestly. They're going to be less likely to be empathetic. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's fair. If you, you know, like, yes, you get to be angry and upset. Like, you might cry in your home for three weeks, ugly cry, (laughs) for three weeks just listening to nonstop Taylor Swift videos and, like, you know, drinking boxes of wine. And (laughs) that's fine. You know, it's like that might happen to you. I'm not saying it happened to me. It okay. did, but <laughs> but you can be angry and upset in your own way, but if you direct it towards them, I didn't make him sit in the room with me when any of that shit happened, sure. <laughs> you know? Like, you can release your emotions. You have every right to do that. But if you do it in front of them, it's not going to do you any favors. Yeah. Um, let's see. It says, um, when you get all the facts, you're not obsessed anymore. Mm-hmm. The only way your spouse will be willing to answer is if you can manage not to lash out and attack every time. You just Boom. said this. Yeah. Yep. Um, spouses who've had affairs are afraid to reveal everything because they're worried it will become a marathon, a downward spiral, spiral of out-of-control emotions. Um, if one of you becomes upset, it's time to stop the discussion for now. I agree. <clears throat> That's a really agree. good and one. That- Yeah, and that leads into the next one, which is set a time limit on a fair talk. Okay. And I think that that's healthy, okay? Restrict yourselves to 15 to 30 minutes, whatever it is. Don't let the affair take over your lives. Do ask questions as they arise instead of building up resentment and long lists of questions. Don't let your worries go underground. So keep talking, Mm -hmm. but don't like, yeah, like don't do it at length 
all the time. Don't let it build up, you know, like if it's there's something on your mind, communicate it. But you know what? When they give you the honest answer and a do it in a calm and rational way. Make it brief. Let the allow them to answer honestly without getting emotional and then move on. But I think, you know, at the same time, restrict yourselves to 15 to 30 minutes. That's kind of weird and specific. I don't it, like it's that. It's very weird and specific. I understand. You don't want to talk all day until it's time to go to bed, wake right. up angry, go to work, stew about it all day long, and then get ready for eight more hours of interrogation after work. Mm-hmm. Or I think that's more like, for, I think this is more of like for yourself. Like, restrict yourself to 15 minutes to 30 minutes of thinking about it or talking about it. Because okay. otherwise you're going to drive yourself nuts. And this isn't so much for them. I think I think it's more like for yourself. Yeah. Just, you know, like limit yourself to like not, you know, mm-hmm. going on and on about it for hours. Yeah, it's for them too. But that that's more like residual benefit. For yourself, just, you know, if something's on your mind, communicate it. Sure. But don't beat a dead horse. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I would, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm just wondering how long it would take to get all of this out if you're just thinking about it 15 to 30 minutes a day. Well, I think this is after you've sort of resolved all that initial conflict. Okay. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're going to bring it up again later on after you've... Because, again, like, when you're at that point where you've decided that you're going to try to solve this, re- this relationship, mm-hmm. you're going to have had a lot of the big initial, like, outpouring already. Yeah. So when you're at that point where you're trying to get back to normal, you need to, like, check it. Like, you can't yeah. keep doing the two-hour yelling, screaming match at a certain point. Makes is sense. Is what this is saying. Yep, makes sense to me. Yeah. All right, okay. number four, expect curveballs. The spouse who had the affair may become angry or even accuse you of betraying him or her. Huh? Oh, okay, they may accuse you, like they might accuse you back. Like, it curveballs. Things are going to come up along the way yeah. that, like, The spouse you know, who had the affair may become angry or even accuse you of betraying him or her. Keep the focus on the affair itself. <clears throat> I can, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, why did you cheat on me? Because you didn't give me enough, enough attention. Is that what they're saying? Or like, no, or like, you know, they might be like, well, you know, you hung out with Brian for four hours and I don't know where you guys were at and blah, blah, blah. So like... Maybe you're cheating on me. Uh, like, gotcha. no, keep the focus on the facts and like, you know, I, whatever. I have to remember that we're talking about the betrayed spouse for this section. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm back on track. This whiskey, okay. is, this whiskey is good. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you're there's like, a liquor store on the right Missouri side. This Missouri side. Wow. Ooh, I'll tell you. <laughs> no, it's so crazy. I was telling you earlier about how much cheaper whiskey is in Missouri than it is in Kansas, and they fucking touch each other. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, but it's also funny because, like, it's like I was saying, like, I was like, why is everything so cheap in North Carolina? It's not everything, bitch. It's just that alcohol is a lot cheaper. And that's because Arkansas had a 30% alcohol tax. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, that's why everything I buy is so much cheaper because everything I buy is alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Anything important, anyways. Yeah, for sure. Alcohol and decorations for my house. Yeah. But anyway, okay. So number five. Okay. Talk about how the affair has affected you. 
Discuss your doubts, disappointments, feelings of betrayal and abandonment, anger and sadness about surviving infidelity. As your partner builds a wall between himself or herself and the former lover, help open a window of intimacy back between the two of you. Don't hold back. Okay. I mean, yeah. So again, I think this, well, I guess they haven't really talked about you. Yeah. Talk about how it's affected you. Like, so instead of, um, I think what this is saying is like, instead of like just discussing the blame and Mm -hmm. you did wrong and whatever, like people are going to be more likely to deal with it in a positive way if they feel bad about it. Because, like, I mean, if you're just bitching and screaming at them and telling them how much they suck, it's almost like reinforcing the affair in some way in their mind. I mean, I so would say if I if cheated you, on somebody and they were like, oh, you're no good, you're a piece of shit, you're an asshole, well, still yeah. got her number, you know what I mean? Like, Right, exactly. Not so dealing it, with this bullshit. If you want to avoid that and help them to not, like have, I don't know, like, again, that buyer's remorse word that we don't really like, but haven't figured out a better way of saying it. (laughs) You know, it's like if you don't want them to regret wanting to make things work with you or possibly have it happen again, don't just, you know, like, speak negatively about stuff. Always speak of it in a way that's more like, hey, this is how you made me feel. And they're way more likely to be receptive of that than the personal attack on themselves. Ooh, what is that big, like, uh, I words? I felt this when you did this. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say it's like a sales thing again because, like, (laughs) like, we're trained to always use positive language with things. Like, you know, it's never like, um, okay, like, let's say I was a property manager. (laughs) Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking. When you're showing an apartment, you never want to be like, you know, oh, like, isn't your current place small? You want to be like, hey, don't you think this large living room would hold all of your stuff? Yeah. Based on information that you've learned from them. So, like, positive speak is always the way to go instead of, like, pointing out negative things. So, rather than discussing what they did negatively, discuss, like, you know, hey, this is how I feel not like this is how you made me feel, but this right. is how I feel. Right. I feel like I have doubts. I feel like I have, um, you know, this makes my own self-esteem feel bad, like blah, blah, blah. People are going to be more receptive about like doing something about it if you talk that way. Yeah. At the end of the day. Makes sense. Okay. What's next? All right. Number six. Don't forgive quickly or easily. Mm. I think uh, that's true. Yeah. If you're fooling yourself by just being like, oh, it'll be okay. Oh, no. You're lying to yourself. That's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Oh, yeah. Either uh, they're going to do it again because... Because, yeah, what punishment or, yeah. you know, I didn't I didn't affect her that well or that much. So, like, let me do it some more. Right. Well, that wasn't that bad. I can do <laughs> it again. That yeah. was easy. But All also right. in your own mind, don't fool yourself thinking that you're going to get over it that quickly when you're not. That too, yeah. Uh, it says you must grapple with your pain and anger first and rebuild trust. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. Um, before you can truly forgive your spouse, find out what science can teach us about forgiveness. Interesting. Oh, that's just a link to another article. I know, but like, <laughs> I kind of want to hit it now. I know, but we're, we're running on here. So, <laughs> what so we're going to move on to, but yeah, no, I like that. Don't forgive too quickly or easily, for sure. Yeah. You're going to be... 
reinforcing their behavior and fooling yourself and you're not really going to get past anything. So Absolutely. Number seven, I love this one, find support, okay? Reconnecting with family and friends and even finding a support group to join can help you feel less isolated while you're in the middle of surviving infidelity. Mm -hmm. Totally so true. Like, okay, after my whole situation, now granted, I think this one applies to both people who are attempting to salvage the relationship and those who are not. Because Mm -hmm. I would have literally died of sadness after that whole situation if it hadn't been for my amazing next door neighbor jesse like he came over every night and like brought me soup and wine and cuddled me when i was crying and like you know like um not in a sexy way jesse's gay fyi he was on our episode about it's raining men too Uh in case you want to meet jesse audience um But yeah, like he was so there for me emotionally at a time where, you know, I was so humiliated. I didn't want to turn to certain people, you know, and I think like when they talk about joining a support group, like that is a really big thing that I don't think a lot of people think about in these situations because of the fact that you tend to rely on your friends and family circle as your support circle, right? Right. But in these situations where it's someone that cheated on you, your friends and family are always going to be like, oh, I can't believe you stayed with them. Ooh, that I told cheating you asshole. So. Yeah, oh, I told you so for yeah. sure, you know. Whereas these are going to be the kind of people who understand what you went through, empathize with it, and are there to listen in a judgment-free way. Yep. And we're in the age of the internet where you can find things like this very easily. So just Google that shit, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. You ready for number yeah. eight? Oh, yeah. Let's see. Spend time together without talking about the affair. Yeah. That's a good one, I think. Um, connect I think as, too. Yeah. Connect as friends and romantic partners by doing things you've always enjoyed. Need ideas? Start out with this link that I'm not going to finish reading. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Why do you keep running into these? Oh, they tricked me again. (laughs) Oh, they got me. (laughs) But no, that's a good one. I mean, you know, it's at some point, I feel like that's going to be healthy for you. uh, If you Mm -hmm. plan to move on with the relationship after infidelity, you're going to have to go back and do the same old shit sometime. That's how you get back to normal, really, you know? Yeah. Just don't forget to do that, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. And to wrap it up, number nine, forgive only when you're ready. And Ooh. that is so true. Like, again, don't trick yourself into thinking that you are, if you're not, don't trick them into thinking that you are when you're not. You'll you'll never get over or you'll never forget an affair. Right. But the painful memories will fade with time. And that's true. Forgiveness, at first, you think you're never going to live through it. You mm. know, like I felt that way. I thought I was not going to make it through that emotionally, mentally, everything. Okay. Forgiveness allows you to move past the pain and rage and to reconcile with your partner. So true. In whatever way that's true, friendship or otherwise, you know. Mm-hmm. Take this important step only when you feel ready to let go of your negative feelings when your partner has been completely honest and has taken steps to rebuild your trust. Boom, this is so exactly what I went through. You know what I mean? Like it took time for me to ugly cry and work through all those emotions and then finally, you know, allow us to have those conversations and communicate and do all these things where, you know, but, you know, 
I only did that. I only allowed those conversations to happen after I was ready to do it. Yeah. And it was like months, you know, like before I would even talk to him. I threw his shit out and sis, I was done. Like that was it. So I wouldn't accept text messages. I wasn't allowing him to speak his piece. I was over it. And I let a few months pass. I, it was not easy. There was definitely deep, dark depression in there, but you know, eventually I got back to normal life. And then at that point I was ready to have those discussions and talk about it in a healthy way. And you know, eventually salvage that. So, you know, if you need to kick him out of the house for a while or whatever it is that you need to do, that's what you need to do. And only you are going to be able to know that. Yeah, that's true. And, I, you know, I wish um, this article would gone gone into more detail about, um, you know, what if you are married? And what if you do have kids? And what if you have responsibilities um, mm-hmm. within your marriage and then also without? Like, how do you... How do you go through this whole grieving process and this whole forgiveness process with all of these responsibilities? Oh, for sure. Is there I'm, a part four, Bray? Uh, no, 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 probably I'm, not. I'm done we, talking about this. We yeah, need to, we're beating a dead horse. Yeah, yeah, we need we need to get back to some sexy sex. Um, Hell yeah! <laughs> do some real Frankenbean shit. Right, I'm dying to do this secrets episode because it's so fucking funny. I you know, this like, is this is why we never talked about da- uh, cheating because it's so damn depressing. It really is. Yeah. It's just like it brings us down, but also it's so important to talk about. No, absolutely, me. and yeah. you know, everybody, ninety five percent. If you want to go back to the Facebook poll, ninety five percent of people uh, that we polled uh, were cheated on or have cheated. So I mean, that's a lot. We're of all fucking, going through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people going through it or there's, you know, 5% that won't admit it or don't know. Right. Are delusional, as we discussed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Live in fucking rainbow world. and Right. Yeah. And hopefully we made you laugh through this kind of difficult conversation. So. Sure, sure. Yeah, nobody likes to talk about it. And, you know, I, I, you know, for Beth and I to, to kind of express our, or our experiences and whatnot, it's not fun. But but it's cathartic for us to believe that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And look at look at how we turned out. <laughs> <laughs> Still completely unsuccessful <laughs> in relationships. We don't uh, even know why you're listening to us. No. Right. But I mean, we're consulting experts, obviously, on this. So you know, it's all good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, well, if we just lost a lot of listeners, thanks a lot, Brian. Well, you know. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, I am being more thrifty on my alcohol shopping, going to different states to buy it. You are. And <laughs> Brian got a big boy job, so now he can afford better mm, dates. Mm, mm, mm. No, I'm going to start dating less because dating is fucking expensive. I got student yeah. loans. like. Right. Yeah. I've also, <laughs> this is terrible. I've also started like doing this whole thing. Because I've been on like a few, well, you know, more than a few crappy dates here. Mm -hmm. Not more than a few, but I'm just saying like, for me, I have not been going out, for going on two dates in Arkansas in an entire year. Okay, yeah, I've been, 
exponentially dating more, but not even every weekend or any or yeah. week or anything. I'm taking more time with it these days. But even when I do finally go out with someone, I'm like, uh, no, motherfucker, you're paying because this is probably not going to go well. <laughs> I don't blame you. Like, I'm just going to let you pay the bill because at the end of the day, I'm not wasting a lot of money on this shit. Okay, if I think it's going well, then maybe I'll be like willing to pay my half. But if I did not have fun and you are a boring piece of shit, you're paying, motherfucker, okay? <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. If I could get away with that, my student loans would be paid off. Truly. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's one of the perks of being a girl is, you know, get the free dinner and drinks. Yeah, definitely. I don't blame you one bit. I mean, yeah. Hmm. I mean, if you, you know, if if you have a big dick, we might, we can, we can, it's open for discussion. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I'm gonna need some we might we might could go fun. Dutch. We might could go Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dutch puppy. No. Oh. Uh, who, by the way, it was our one year adoptiversary I this saw weekend. That. Yeah, oh. and also we celebrated by him getting attacked by a neighborhood dog, which was the worst day of my life. I saw that too. How big was this dog? The, she was like his size, but she was full pit like. Oh, gotcha. Full pit ball and Dutch is half pussy. So, like, mm. well, I mean, half pussy, I mean, half lab. He's half lab, half pit. But, like, he was just minding his own business in our yard. And, like, this motherfucker's just walking by. And, like, for once, this wasn't his fault. Now, I will full on admit that he did bite another dog this week. That was our friend's dog, but it was a little dog. And it was eating his new Kong toy at Ooh, Grandma no. and Grandpa bought him. So thank you, Henry and Jane, for buying your grandson a wonderful toy that he loves very much. <laughs> Unfortunately, a toy he loves a little too much because he did bite another dog. But she's fine. And she was fucking with his shit. So I also, mean, but this dog, he's minding his own business. She comes around and out to him and just like, I am like in the sun porch doing something else. And I can hear all of a sudden this fight, right? Mm. So I look out the window and they're going at it like it looks like they're going to kill each other. Well, she's going to kill him anyway because he was not really fighting back as much as I know he's capable of. Right. And so I run out there on my broken foot and because this dude is doing nothing about it. He's just letting her tear into him. And when I, by, the, by the time I get out there... Like, it looked like she had ripped half his face off. Like, because she had her, like, she had his mouth in her jaws and would not let go. Mm, mm -mm. I had to literally pry with every ounce of strength that I have the jaws of this dog off of my dog's face. And at this point, I thought his face had been ripped off. While the dude is just like, oh, shit. While the dude's just standing there. He's just standing there. And so, yeah, and thankfully, my little old next door neighbor across the street is seeing this whole thing. He can't really see that well, but he knows something's going on. He's like, is that dog bothering your dog? And I was like, (laughs) "Uh, yeah. Yeah, And finally, yeah, I I finally I pry the jaws of life off of him. And, you know, I'm like, get fucking away from me right now. So he thinks it's cool to just start walking back down the street. And I'm like almost on the corner. So he just like keeps walking on his merry little way. And I was like, I didn't mean walk away, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I probably gonna need your insurance information right. in case my dog has rabies or some shit now. And um, of course, you know, I have to run out there on my broken foot, by the way, which I'm in shock. So I just didn't even like think about. And so my poor little neighbor's like, well, we need to go find him. And I was like, <laughs> 
I cannot run around the corner. Like, I have a broken foot. I literally can't physically do that. And not only that, but, like, he gone. Like, I have to make sure my dog is okay. Like, you know what I mean? So he's like, don't worry. I got it. So he, like, takes off around the corner. (laughs) And I'm like, it was just, like, the most hectic, insane situation. But thankfully, Dutch is okay. And everything is fine. And, like, he was only bleeding just a little bit. And... We got cleared up, and he is back to his little normal, healthy self, I think. I think. It hasn't been quite 48 hours. But I feel bad because my friend, if we're going to move on to shout-outs, because I'm good at segues, Rena Calm was in town. Yeah? Rena Calm, the comedian. Mm Mm-hmm. She was performing in Asheville, and I did not... We were supposed to hang out, and I did not get to do that because I had to watch over my little man. And make sure he didn't turn into a zombie for 48 hours after the incident. So shout out to Rena Calm. If you all ever follow her on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. She's a touring comic and fucking amazing. Nice. Who else do we have shout outs for, Brian? It is another podcast, um, Not Your Normal Murder. Not Your Normal Murder, previously known as Internet Sleuths, which we shouted out before. Mm -hmm. Um, And previously it was Internet Sleuths, it was Mary and Kevin, and they were very, very funny talking about cool murder shit. Yeah. Um, But they're changing it up a little, and now it is going to be Mary and her sister Deirdre, and they are both very funny, cool girls who talk about murder shit. And the show is not your normal murder because they're from normal Illinois, yeah. which is where I met Deirdre. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, so not your normal murder, normal Illinois. I get it. It's planned words. But the show <laughs> is super fucking awesome. Like Brian and I love murder shit. And like this is like as soon as I turn Brian on to it, he's like, I can't stop listening I to the show. I could not it's stop so listening good. to it. I don't know. Nope. And me neither. <clears throat> it's so good. And, yeah. it, you know, it's uh, very factual. And yep. um, I want to say she she's a um, criminal justice. No, no, no. Well, Deirdre actually is a she was a criminal justice major. And Mary actually now has her doctorate in um, she's a nur- doctor of psychology. No, nursing, uh, oh. doctorate of nurse psychology, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Behavior psychology or something like that. So they have a really cool, interesting perspective, both of them, yeah. like from both the behavioral side and the, you know, like the, um, I guess, repercussions and, you know, the, the, uh, how it affects society and stuff like that on that end of it. So yeah, it's yeah. super cool. And they're both super funny, cool girls. So, Definitely uh, follow that show for sure. Um, And I have one more shout out. And that is Northwest Arkansas folks and everyone else. Our good friend and two-time Frankenbeans episode guest, Taylor Hearn, is up for the Northwest Arkansas Idol Class Magazine Black Apple Award for Comedian of the Year. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So go to Idle Class Magazine, I-D-L-E Class Magazine on the interweb. Find the uh, voting process for the Black Apple Awards and vote for Taylor Hearn because she is everything. She is the best. And so deserving. 
And not to mention all of the other uh, people that are nominees are our good friends. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Davis is on there. Also been on Frank and Beans. Oh, man. Troy Giddings is on there. Has not been on Frank and Beans, but has gotten shout outs because he's incredible. Yeah. And I forget who the other ones are, but they're all our friends. <laughs> so. Cool, cool. Right, well, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll put a link in our show notes to uh, vote for Taylor Hearn. To the voting. Please yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. She she was, uh, she was performed in uh, North Kansas City not too long ago, and it was so nice seeing her because oh, I was, hell yeah. you know, it was kind of, I was still new to Kansas City and didn't know anybody, and it was nice having a bit of, a uh, bit of, I don't want to call it home, but maybe a bit of Arkansas up in Kansas oh, City. Sure. And Taylor's just the best. She really is the best comedian she in North Arkansas, period. I owe so. her a dinner, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I also put her down as a uh, reference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did work for her, wink. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I think that's it. I felt like I... Oh, yeah. Uh, just big shout out to Cliff Cash for allowing me to hop on his show this week in Asheville. Uh, or last week in Asheville. It was so much fun. So Cliff Cash Comedy... Um, amazing photography, uh, amazing comedian. Literally, I never have more fun watching anybody than Cliff. He is really, he's probably my favorite comedian right now. He's nice. so good. So it was so fun being on his show. And, um, also, I have a show coming up if you are in the Johnson City, Tennessee area. Um, it is November 16th, and it is, in fact, in Johnson City, Tennessee, as I found <laughs> out. And it is at, let me, uh, up, sorry. <laughs> I am the worst at my own events. Um, calendar. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Here we go. It is Spice of Life Comedy with Krish Moha. Oh, no, that's the that's the Friday show. I'm on the Saturday show. I swear I am. Okay. November 16th. It is the Happy Apple Comedy Showcase. With Krish Mohan is our headliner, and Lily Campbell is also a headliner. And Lily Campbell, I've seen in Asheville. She is very, very funny, too. Um, at Gypsy Circus Cider Company, and that is presented by True Get Comedy uh, by Beth Tompkins. She's amazing. And so, yeah, definitely come see that show if you are anywhere near Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, on Saturday, November 16th from 7 to 9 p.m. Sounds like a blast. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, anyway, well, yeah, I think that's about it for now, Brian. Yeah, I think we went on. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, take care, you little Franks and Beanies. Take care, you little Franks and Beanies.